Everybody talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard. As always, over here to my right, I got Nick Wilson, my co-host, my partner in crime, the A1 from day one. We're ready to kick this thing off. We're going to do a little separate episode from anything we're doing here lately. Just me and old Nick kicking it around. Y'all stay with us. Nicholas, the countdown is over. Over, baby. So, uh, for everybody that's following along on all our social media platforms, they may already know what just happened this past weekend. We'll get into that in a little bit. How you doing, brother? Good. How about you, man? I'm doing good, man. It's been a good, fun fun week so far. Had a busy week at work. It's been some awful weather here locally. Awful. Yeah, I'm sorry for them storms that came over through all our listeners on the west side of the state. Hopefully, everybody's safe. Sure, don't want to hear anybody having any bad, bad weather coming through and hurting them or anything. Lord no, <laughs> it got bad right over there next to my neighborhood where I work at in Cartersville. So, what area, Carter? Well, you said Cartersville. Yeah, northern Cartersville. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A, it was a pretty bad this morning. So, well, what else is going on with you? I want to get into this whole story behind what's been going on with you in the Turkey Woods, but what else is new? Tell us something new that's going on with Nick Wilson. Well, I've kind of started a, I've kind of started a business digging out swimming pools. Who's <laughs> getting a swimming pool? <laughs> you. <laughs> um, oh, Brandon's buddy. getting a swimming pool. So, just doing a little bit of work with skid steer and grass is growing. You know something we hadn't done it, as we've went through what thirty four, thirty five episodes, whatever this is right now. We've never really introduced ourselves to our audience. In any of the episodes we've done. I mean, we did an intro early on. We didn't really tell about ourselves, though, for anybody new that may have been coming along. So maybe that's maybe we should do that. you got so, a lot more to share than me. Well, I mean, you, you've got stuff to share. So why don't you tell people where you're from, you know, what what if you're married or whatever. They, they may be some maybe some single ladies out there that's been listening to that charming voice you have and thinking, oh, goodness, but ladies, he's taken. So. <laughs> well, born and raised, Canton, Georgia. Um how old am I? Thirty five. You're thirty five. Yeah. You said I was thirty six last episode. You'll be thirty six this year. I'll be thirty. Yeah. Um, thirty five. Live in uh, Clayton community now. For anybody that knows where that is, on the outskirts of Canton and Waluska, hmm. border state. Yeah. <laughs> um, no post office. So. Ain't even got a store right now. I ain't got a store. It's she burnt, went up and smoked. Yep. Um. How long have you and Kelsey been married? Three years. Just celebrated your three-year anniversary, yep. right? Yep. That's awesome. And you got two dogs. Two dogs, no kids. Tate Tyson. Um, been a builder for almost five years, building houses. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's not like any yeah. job. I yeah. mean, it's got its, it's got, days. Yeah, but, it's got its ups and downs. But I guess it does. It's nice since you've, you've worked in a, in a field where you re- directly report to a place at the same spot every day and you meet up with guys. Do you miss that camaraderie of working with people sometimes or do I you do. enjoy the solitude? No, I, I, I enjoy working with folks. Yeah. yeah. When I was working for the power company, that's probably my favorite job. It's always, it's always something going always on. Always something, always cutting up. Now, I don't miss it this time of year yeah. or the hurricane season or the ice season, but um, – Definitely a good job though building. There's a lot, lot to, lot to learn out there. Lot to take in. Um, 
So many code changes so and many everything change, So many – the biggest thing I think is – and it's not a knock on anyone, but it's personality. Every person that buys a house has a different personality, what their expectations are yeah. for closing. So um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing, biggest challenge that I had to get over because I had never worked in the public before. Mm-hmm. So working – hey, hats off to anybody that deals restaurants, anything like that. Everybody's got a different personality. You got that right, and you're you're trying to accommodate all those people. I, I, I would say in, in, restaurant would probably be one of the one of the toughest. Fields. It's the hardest job I've ever had. Now it's been a long time since I've done it, but it what did you a, do? I worked at Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I worked down there. That's right. You know what my hours was? Friday night, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. Oh Lord, that's when I worked. I'd work twenty five hours on on in those three days. It stunk. I hate barbecue to this day. No, Reyes was always good to me down there at Williamson Brothers. Him and the guy that owned it at that time, they were really good to me. So, yeah, it was a hard job though. It is hard to please everyone because you are right. You got to deal with all the different personalities and stuff. So, you sure do. What's the future? You know, got in store for you? I don't know. Um, I mean, it's always hard to predict it, but you got big plans for this year. Other than continuing to grow a, an amazing podcast, continue to grow a podcast, and um, for anybody that's listening to this episode, hopefully they've they've watched a couple of those um, fantastic weekend production videos. That's an awesome name. Um, when you said that the first time I saw it, I was <laughs> like, "That is going to be unreal." If it, if you could hang with that and keep it going, and you did a good job. What'd you film that with? An iPhone, iPhone <laughs> eleven, and, and, and I'm not going to go. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not because we never know, but I don't plan on going anywhere further with a video and career than the iPhone because I was sitting there when I was videoing Sunday, when I was sitting in the woods by myself, I was thinking, man, if I ever, you know, I don't want this to go. This is fun to me. This is fun doing it with a phone. You know, I got it right here in the palm of my hand. I don't have to drag equipment. I'm not knocking anybody that does it, but to me, that was just fun. It's low key. I can. You can do it or not. Take it everywhere with you, right? You know, I don't. It's already there. Yeah. So, well, I'll say the thing about it is that you know, recording on the phone's good, and and it looked great. I mean, I was people are blown away that that's phone content, but with the camera, you're focusing, I think, more on the camera than you are on the situation of the hunt. And at the time, you're kind of missing out on some of the opportunities to see things around you or whatever it may be. But there may come a time where you don't get to hunt that area or whatever, and you can go back and look at those videos you've put together. And, I mean, that was great to me. I loved watching that. It was cool it's, to it's, see. It's always, an, you know, it's just doing that was always just a challenge, just to be able to challenge yourself for the next thing. And I, I think that just transpires with anything you do in your life. Challenge yourself, and you probably make yourself a better person. Yeah, and you're, you're trying to capture the moment that you can go back and remember, and maybe you'll learn something from it. You watch those videos back, you think – goodness i should have done this or i should oh, have I learned there. so much just in doing saturday and sunday's editing just watching to, it play back watching and everything. it play back cut down what what i can shorten what i can lengthen so it's a lot of fun i i would say that's probably for the next year doing that um letting this podcast grow to no limits and Ain't got no ceiling on it uh-uh. no just keep growing it and i guess that's i guess that's it i mean we're a year in this house now so beautiful that, home that was you know that was a year's worth of building really most from people grading to most people don't ever get to build their own home you know so to me that was that's a big check mark yeah in my life yeah so and that's a hey 
Talking about dealing with personalities. Me and my wife. Oh, God, you ain't telling me nothing. I don't know on that. If you can build a house, they always say if you can build a house together, you can stay together, and I believe that. Yep. We was fighting over tile colors and stuff, and it didn't matter what you know what I said, it was wrong, and what she said was wrong to me. It was both ways. I mean, we argued about it, and at the end of the day, I, I should have just shut up and said, do it, and it would have probably been better off. It would have looked better because she's got better taste than I do. Well, we primed the house. It was, this was probably the biggest, not even arg- fight, just an argument. We primed the house one color. And and it was it was a great color, and um, she said I want to see a couple of different more. I went out and spent two hundred dollars on sample paint. Our house looked like a Dalmatian on the front, <laughs> just me painting it. You know what color we end up going with? The color you primed it with. The color we primed it with. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always get a different misconception. You see something out, this will look good there, and then you get you know, ah, that didn't look good here. You know, yep. so you got to try it and make That's sure right. it's what you want because you prime a whole house, you ain't gonna go back and color a whole <laughs> house again. No, that's pretty cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a whole lot else. We might have some kids in the future, but well, hey, you got two two good dogs that come down here. <laughs> Y'all might hear them walking around the background all the time. They kind of spend their spend their time walking around with us, growling and barking or whatever it may be. So, well, what about you, Alex DeBoard? Grew up in Wallaska, Georgia. Born and raised, uh, son to a chicken farmer. Uh, was blessed enough to get to grow up working on a chicken farm. I think that's a great thing, you know, growing up there. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we had chickens and cows and running around. We didn't have a lot growing up. I mean, I didn't notice we ever went without, though. You know, Dad always treated us right growing up and took care of us, made us work. Me and Bradley, my brother, we walked through chickens and, you know, picked them up and took care of that. That was our kind of duties and uh, still live there now, still in Waleska. Didn't move far from home, right next door. Me and my wife, Jessica, we've been married for 12 years. Um, uh, no, I just told a lie. 12? Just, no, uh, we've been married for nine years. Together for 12? We've actually been together off and on, I guess you'd say 12 years. We, we, I was pretty wild back when I was younger, so we broke up. Or I broke up with her, and finally she wrangled me down, and uh, we've been together ever since, and it's been a blessing. Um, she's stuck with me through some hard times she's put up with me and which anybody that knows me in my mouth it can get out of hand at times and she's a saint for for putting up with me all these years she's an absolute saint she's exactly what i needed and she's a great person and i'm absolutely blessed to have her uh, we have two beautiful children sawyer and sadie um sawyer's six sadie's three uh, got a couple of dogs got Couple of blue healers, Jericho. I've had him for a long time. It was a dog. A we long got time. Together. Yeah, he, I think we've had him ten years. So he lived with me, and then we moved in together after we got married, and we've had him ever since. And then we got a female healer, and she's wide open, nothing like Jericho. Totally different personality, but um, yeah, as you said, I mean, just just building on. You know, at my house, I'm building all kinds of new stuff. I mean, we got, got some, that right. Got some construction projects going on, some remodeling stuff going on, and and you know you came over and started digging in a pool for us. So one of these days, hopefully we can uh, we can get over there in the old legend shack and be sitting around looking at a pool and uh, doing some podcasts around that. You so, moving the podcast over? You ain't told nobody. I don't know. We may not. We we'll, we'll talk about that. The future rolls along. God, the but, beans just fell out on the ground. Yeah, well, you know what? Ta- what I got a question for you. And I thought about this earlier today. So at what age do you feel like? you really became enthralled in- with the idea of hunting. Were you young or were oh, you? Oh, very young, yeah. Was it something that when season came in, that was your, it was time was to go? It. That was it, yeah. I, I, I probably missed out, you know, not that I would go back and take it back, but missing out on sporting events. I didn't play as much baseball or 
didn't play any football, mm-hmm. and I'm a big guy. You know, that's yeah. the first thing everybody always asks me. You play football? No, you I was got in the, the cast for it. I was in the woods. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was deer hunting. That's what that's what me and Dad did. So, no, um, it's always been there, man. Ever since I was a kid. Yeah, that's how I am. I mean, it started very young. I started squirrel hunting, tried to deer hunt early on. Me and Dad used to go down out. I'll never forget went down on Altoona and walked around. And I didn't like deer hunting when I was little. I couldn't sit still. I've said it before. You know, I couldn't couldn't be still. So Dad bought squirrel dogs. And we squirrel hunted, and we did that till I was probably 10 or 11 year old. And then I really started wanting to deer hunt. And, you know, it changed pace. Started sitting down and still couldn't sit still when I was deer hunting by myself. I'd get down and go walk around or whatever. But it started. But I'll tell you, when, when my passion for deer hunting ignited was when I got my first bow. And I, I honestly believe that. I liked hunting with a gun, and it was fun to go during deer season because it was a thing to do. Go to camp, you know, camp, hunt, whatever. But when I got my first bow and I killed that first one, that's when I really wanted to start it. Mm-hmm. focusing on deer hunting i got rid of my coon dogs i didn't coon hunt anymore i wanted to deer hunt that's what i wanted to do and i think that that drive for that bow in my hand that's it's it's been a fire that's been with me ever since now i ain't against shooting one with a gun i'll go do i'll go with yeah. a gun or a shotgun or whatever it may be but man there's just something about that bow hunting that just it just fires me up i mean i got mine out the other day and went turkey hunting. Yeah, y'all heard it right there. I got Cody drug me out. And we went turkey hunting there. There, and we heard one gobble. I mean, it was you know, it was fun to go and and get out there and try it. But I'm ready to go bass fishing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been on me for a long time. And I I was probably ten or eleven, man. I don't know. I could ask my dad. But I remember I used to go down there in our, our building behind our house, and I'd take scrap wood and I built two ladder stands, eight foot tall. And um, I was a young kid mm-hmm. and. All I did, I laid the two befores flat on the ground, nailed the braces, put a top on it. My dad helped me put the angles on it and stuff. And everybody said, once I got done, that they would never sit in those stands because I laid the two befores flat. Yeah. And flat against the thing, so they had no support. <laughs> so, which they were only eight foot, but we left them in our club when we got out. There's, I don't, you know, they're probably rotted by now. But Yeah. We had a box stand like that that me and dad built. We had a blind, and we went there the first time hunting, and dad said, I'm going to build a box stand here. And I can remember going to that stand, and it was built, and it's probably still standing there. Like you said, it's probably rotted by now because that was 20-something years ago when we first built it. But I can still remember going and sitting in that box stand. And Mm -hmm. I can remember the story. Dad was actually in that stand in one of the biggest bucks he'd ever seen around on that club we were in. It was in Cherokee County. And – he saw a, a giant there, and it was Thanksgiving week, and all week it had been raining. We'd been spraying our guns down with WD-40, you know, keeping them from rusting, wiping them down. We'd sprayed it in the action, and he had a Model 742 Remington, mm-hmm. old Woodsmaster, and it's a beautiful gun. You take the, It's got the camouflage covers on it, the Velcro you could buy back in the day. It's like a cover oh, yeah. over the whole gun, and it's in that old-school Jack Wheel camouflage, as Brandon called it, and it's but underneath it's an absolutely beautiful gun because he's kept that on sure. there all these years, but – the gun, it, it didn't close the bolt all the way. He got some trash in it from spraying, you know, WD-40 and carrying it around or whatever, and it it, snapped, it wouldn't pull the trigger, and he had to jack the bolt. And that's when Dad, well, right after that's when Dad went and bought that Model 77 Ruger <laughs> bolt action. He, he never went back I bet to it that. smelled like a mechanic shop down there in that club. <laughs> yeah, between the cigarette smoke so and seen campfire smoke and everything else, it, it probably smelled worse that was, than that. That was probably pretty common for them old boys up there in Waluska rubbing that WD-40 on for cologne, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Them deer didn't know any different. <laughs> deer or the women didn't know no different. You come in with something sweet smelling, it knocked their head off. Oh, but I mean, that's that's a little backstory on us. And, you know, it's it's been a fun ride so far in this podcast. We appreciate everybody for tuning in, you know, as we go. And, 
you know, it's it's been an it's been an interesting experience for me to to meet the people that we have. I I never would have imagined we would be able to talk to people in Utah or Idaho or you know the guys that we talked to in Ohio or Illinois or wherever they're coming from. It's been fun to branch out and get to know everybody in different regions of the country. And I think that's the thing you and I set out in the beginning. We wanted to find out more about what other people in the world did as compared to us. And it's it's been a common narrative as we went through this to offer up appreciation to, to what we're thankful for. And and that's something we're going to continue to do as we go through this podcast is always remember to tell what we're thankful for and find out what others are thankful for. I think it's been a neat thing. So it's, it's, it's definitely been interesting to say the least. And, yeah, people, uh, people in the outdoors, they want to share, they want to share what they've done. They, yeah. they want to talk about what they have done or what they have accomplished or who doesn't. If you kill a good deer, if you kill a turkey, if you if you go out and catch a sack full of fish, who doesn't want to go to work on Monday and tell that story? Who doesn't want to call their buddy and tell that story, you know? Well, and hunting camps aren't as common as they used to be, at least for me they're not. I mean, we had a camp that we were in for 20-something years, and I haven't had a good deer camp besides the one I was in with Terry and them down in South Georgia. That was a great deer camp. And we've had, you know, the week trips when we go out of state and we try to treat it kind of like a camp, you know, and invite people that we know in the area or whatever it may be to eat with us just because it kind of gives us a camp feel. You guys have got a great camp you go to in Illinois, so you get kind of back to that feeling of of the camaraderie of camp. And it's kind of what you said with work. It's hard to go day to day and not have that interaction with another hunter. Mm -hmm. And this platform has gave us an opportunity to reach out to other hunters. It's kind of almost became – a campfire talk and i know we've had the campfire sessions on here where we've got people and talked about and i want to continue to do that because i enjoy those stories i enjoy those little bs sessions that we get together with and we talk with whoever it may be the rabbit breakfast was a great example of that i mean we got an opportunity to talk to people that we normally wouldn't get on the show or whatever it is so and you're exactly right hunters fishermen outdoorsmen in general they love to talk about what they've done sure but they also like to hear what you've done, too. I think people generally like to hear those stories. Yeah. Because it's something they can relate to. They may take something out of it. You know. Well, and it's always about How'd finding. How'd you do this? How'd you do that? You know, what time of year was it? You know, if somebody's asking those questions, their, ear, their ears are open, they're listening, they're taking, they're taking notes. Yeah. And I'll be physically taking notes, but they're taking notes somewhere. Well, and I wish a lot of the conversations that we've been able to have going down the road, we could have recorded them in some aspects. Sometimes we probably wouldn't get out of the road, dummy, or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> pump your brakes. Yeah, get out of my way and blowing the horn or whatever. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for everybody to hear at that time. And it's, it's an opportunity for us to get on here and share those stories and stuff. So, but like I said, we appreciate y'all for being here with us and, so I want you to tell me a little bit about uh, what went on this past weekend, opening weekend, twenty twenty one, turkey season for Georgia, and uh, you know, was it good opening day? It was terrible opening day. It was um, thirty nine degrees. I think the gust right at daylight was around nine to ten miles an hour, and by probably nine o'clock, it done picked up to fifteen to twenty mile an hour gust. That's a heavy wind. For That's him. a heavy wind, especially when you're hunting basically a clear cut where we hunted Saturday morning. So, no, Saturday wasn't good. We stayed out until lunch, and we got out, and I didn't hunt Saturday afternoon. Who'd you go with? Terry West on Saturday. And for anybody that had not opportunity to go over <laughs> YouTube and watch that video of Terry West, yeah. Terry's somebody that, that he definitely belongs in front of a camera when he can, uh, when he can get there because that was, that was a good episode, and I was, enjoyed that was, it. That was some good fun and good jabs. And, and that's what people – I feel like I hope that's what everybody wants to see, mm-hmm. and that's why I want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. because we are going to cut up on there and – 
You know, we're not we're not going to use any foul language or anything, but we're going to cut up. So. Yeah, might let one slip every once yeah. in a while, but not a bad one. <laughs> yeah, I figured out how to get that out. So, um, but no, it was it was actually really fun, and we 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 laughed and cut up and walked around, and we had a turkey down below us at one point started yelping back at us, and and I don't know if it was a turkey or um, if it was someone, but probably less than five minutes we had sat down, and I told Terry, I said, man, if that if that turkey starts yelping again, and and it's off the hill. I said, we need to slip on over there to this food plot that he's got. And the property line was just off the ridge there. And um, five minutes from sitting down, somebody shot. And uh, Terry said, look at there. There comes two gobblers. And they were running up to that food plot that we had mentioned. And then a hen took off flying. So I don't know if the guy got it or not. Um, as you see on the video, I say, you know, I like to think I got the assist on it. Oh, so, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I helped that old boy. And since I was up behind him. and Got him one. Got him. I don't know. Then you rolled into Sunday and uh, went went solo on us. I went solo, yeah. Um, and that, I want to ask you a question on that. Yep. Do you find it easier when you're by yourself hunting or hunting with somebody? Um, not no, not really. Really, uh, my think my thinking might be different sometimes because it's my opinion. A lot of because I'm 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 open. I'm an open yeah, book. Yeah. So if somebody hunts with me, and I, I'm hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? You know, I'll take somebody's opinion, but if I don't, if I don't like it, I'll tell them that I think this is what we need to do. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I actually, I enjoy hunting by myself. And I think sometimes a man needs to get out and do things by himself, whether it's hunting or just going for a drive. Yeah. Man, a man can go out there and clear his mind. And, and, and man, it was, if you've watched the video, you see how emotional I get. Oh yeah. And that, that was raw emotion. So I wish some, I wish I would, I didn't, because I didn't care, but if I would have flipped the camera on when I was running to get the bird, you'd have had a good emotional trip it, 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 there. Yeah, but you're that you know that's what we talk about a lot of time with the camera. You're worried about turning the camera on. Maybe you're not going to show that you know raw emotion, and that's a good thing about an opportunity to have somebody there with you because you're not focusing on the camera. You know, and I, I think that's something we're trying to balance you know with, with hunting and filming or whatever it may be it's not really our forte because it does seem like a lot of work but you know what we're trying to put together and share those opportunities or moments it's it's going to be kind of cool to see as we go along so you if went into if, if i ever go out there and and take an animal and i and just like sunday if i take an animal and i put my hand on that camera to turn it on to show my emotions before I go put my hands on that animal and I'm not already recording, I'll quit doing it because that's not what I'm there for. Yeah, yeah. If you kind of <laughs> you, you, oh, I forgot that, to turn that, the that camera, camera on. is my second priority. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with that. So you went Sunday. I went Sunday. Got up early. I knew I was going. I was going to a hunting club, and um, to get where I want to go, it's a long, long drive. So I knew I got had to get over there early. So I leave my house at five fifteen. It doesn't get daylight until seven seven fifteen. I get back there at probably six fifteen, six o'clock. Um, sat there for forty five minutes, not not going on the ramp, but had some guys come in on me, which is it's a hunting ground, it's not public, so they come in on me. We didn't we didn't talk, but the only turkeys I heard was the way those guys went. And as I go as I as I'm sitting there, I said, Well, I'll let them go down there. If I hear some turkeys a different place, I'll go to them. Well, the only turkeys I heard were the ones down between, basically between me and them. So I just decided I'm going to walk down there and listen to the show and see what happens. I'm frustrated 
But at the same time, I think if as it as those guys were probably in there the night before, the day before, maybe they found these turkeys. And I'm gonna let them do their thing. If they mess it up, I'm gonna be over here standing at the ringside waiting on a waiting on a tap in. So yeah, I did that. I went down there. It had broke daylight. They were they were constantly gobbling. They were two together. I decided, and now this was getting close to the property line, and I had decided I'm going to walk down to this property line. I'm going to shoot these turkeys a call if I if these guys if they're if they're depending on what they're doing. So the the turkeys were hung up. So I decided to go down there, make a call. I'll back back up on our land. I walked to the property line, hit a call, back back up on our property. Well, the turkeys by then are going to those other guys. What y'all think? What I think they're going to the other guys. So I just sat down. Don't make another call. 30 minutes later, the turkeys are down below me. And I had probably walked from the first place I called, I had probably walked 100 yards to my left. Mm -hmm. 45 minutes later, the turkeys are standing over there where I had called from. Using a mouth call? I was using a mouth call only. And I thought, man, you got to be kidding me. Now, they're on their other property, so I can't chase them. So if you've seen the video footage, I actually go around on our property, crawl up close to the property line while I have to back up away from it so I can get a shot, and, and, and it's it's thick pines, so it's hard, it's, you know, I, number one thing to me in turkey hunting, and if any, if any you know, some people may argue with me, calling is not number one. Set We've up, heard that. Set up is number one. And I've heard you say that several times. Set up is number one. So these, go, these turkeys are gobbling where I had called, and I, I probably didn't call to them for another 30, 35 minutes until I got set up, and that was, that was not me walking and setting up. This was me belly crawling <laughs> with my gun. I took my vest off, took my sling off my gun, and belly crawled and got myself where in the best position that I thought that I could kill them on our property. Well, the turkeys come up. The guy has a gate there. The turkeys come up to that gate, and I can't see them. I can hear them spitting and drumming, and they walk off. I let them do their thing, and they continue to go up a holler away from me. So I go back, get all my stuff on, and try to regroup. And just sit there and just think, like, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah. I don't know where those other guys are. I don't know what these turkeys are going to do. I don't know this terrain too well. So I grab my stuff, walk back towards my truck, and I'm looking on my hunt stand out. And I find this ridge that leads off to the creek, which I think they're walking up. So I walk off this ridge off the road, probably 100 yards. It's, by the end, it's probably 9, 9.30. Those guys crank up and leave. So I just sit down. And I had already told myself I've been hitting this, I've been using this mouth call. I don't want to use the same call going down in a different location. Now I'm probably three to four hundred yards from where I had previously been. Mm -hmm. So I get the trumpet call out, and um, if who, he, who if made that trumpet? Call? Kevin Dorsey. Yeah, I gave him a, I gave him a shout on there. Man, he was so appreciative. He sent me a Facebook message thanking me. Um, he loves the content that we're doing, and so I get the trumpet call out. Now, hold on, I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you here, but who is Kevin? Kevin Dorsey is um he's from Cleveland, Georgia, and I just happened to find him on Facebook. Now he's good friends with a hunter that was on our podcast, yep, yep. Hunter and Craig Young. He's good friends with them. And uh he makes these trumpet calls and he makes wing bone calls. And I had messaged him and very responsive. We we chatted on the phone, he gave me his number, and he he mailed me. I, I bought a trumpet call from him, he mailed it to me. For anybody that doesn't know now, a trumpet call, you don't you don't you're not it's not like a big trumpet. It's 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 a long stick that's basically 
made emulate the sound of a turkey by yeah. sucking into sucking, it, yeah. and it's it's a it's a yeah. it's an art. It's a very yeah, it's very tough. And and I on the video, I don't sound that good um, to you to me. But obviously, <laughs> the turkeys enjoy it. So I get over there and I find a bunch of scratching. Well, they had select cut these pines. So if you if you if you're familiar with the select cut, when they cut those pines, it grows back up in in briars. Mm-hmm. So in between that, it's kind of open. Well, there's a lot of scratching in there, so I just sat down, tried to find a good place, backed myself up to one of those green briars patches, and hit the trumpet call. I had some hens down below me and then a loud yelp, which I'm thinking the louder yelp is probably a gobbler going to those hens, or it's a jake. So I continue to mess with them, mess with them. Well, the turkey starts gobbling, and he's probably two ridges over, and he's probably the he's probably close to where those turkeys were roosted that morning which is you know a long ways crossing these mountains so he's not gobbling at me he's just gobbling i think man that's a that's a long ways to go i don't know if i'm ever going to get over there to him well to speed this thing up it's probably 10 o'clock by then my grandma calls me she says hey you going to church i said no i said i i got one gobbling i'm not going to make it out right now so i sat back down the turkey had cut the distance i hit him with the trumpet again he cut me off. I thought, uh-oh, he's ready to play the game now. So he gets down below me, and this this holler down to the creek is probably a couple hundred yards. The hens are still yelping. He's gobbling. I hit him again with the trumpet call. He cuts me off. At that time, I knew that if I stayed where I was at, I only had a left-hand shot over my left shoulder. The, green, the briars are to my back. So I decided to back back up the hill 50 yards. And I sat down so I could see left and right. Mm-hmm. I hope this is painting a picture as best it as is. can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I sit there, and it goes quiet. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 35 minutes. And Moose texts me. He asked me how I was doing. By then, it's 11, maybe 11, 10, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Moose had texted me. And I had texted him back, and I flipped open Facebook real quick. And being in those pines, there was no – there was no – well – there was a little patch of leaves, but walking through those pines, you know, it can be quiet just as the pine needles. And I heard just a tiny bit of scratch. And the wind had picked up, probably to 10 to 15 mile an hour gust. And I heard just a tiny bit. And I set my phone down to my side and I heard a cluck. And I thought, he's come up here to see what's going on. And when I did, I turned, I, I had to lean up. I was leaned against a small pine. There was a pine to my left side. And I had my gun laid in my lap. And when I leaned up, he was standing over there about 30, 35 yards. And he was looking, and I think all it because he, his his head was red, and I think he was thinking, is that the hen that just come out behind that tree, or is that a big bear? <laughs> 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 and all in one motion, I come up with a gun and, and made a perfect shot and uh, dumpstered him. Dumpstered him. Yep. Beer. Uh, how big a bird was he? Nine and a half inch beard and inch spurs. He had sharp spurs. He didn't have you know, I would say he's probably a three year old. I don't think he's a two year old as sharp as his spurs were. But, man, it was a – I didn't kill a bird last year. I didn't kill a deer last year in 2020. And I, it's a wonder people didn't come. It's a wonder they didn't say a helicopter check on me. I was yelling so much. <laughs> but, man, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun hunt. When you, when you make those hunts come together and you sit there and grind and you do the right things and you, and you think, man, you just sit down and think for a minute. Had I not let that turkey walk away quietly on the other property, had I not set up, and looked at my map to find the right place to set up. 
had I not shot that call with a different call that I had never used before. Mm -hmm. Had I not backed back up 50 yards. You think about all those things and you plug all those things in and it it makes it work. How many times have you played that game though and it didn't work? More times than it has worked. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it a funny feeling? You know, you, you, we, we as hunters play it out in our mind, the perfect scenario. Yes. Every single time I'm in the woods, deer's going to walk out from this direction right here. He comes behind that tree. I'm going to draw my bow, blah, blah, blah. Same thing when you're turkey hunting. I'm sure you're playing it out. You're wanting him to come from that direction, especially when you hear him. And I guess that's a little bit of a benefit you've got to turkey hunting, if there is any that you do have a idea that there is something in the area because you locate them and you find them and you move on it. But you're playing a game that nine times out of ten, you're probably not going to win. No, because that that animal, in this in this matter, turkey, plays that game every single day of his life. Yeah. And he is put on this world and this life to survive. And he's not only dealing with me, he's oh, dealing with all these other predators. Yeah. And he – and. You know, if you're if you're smart enough to make to fool him, then I don't know. Good, good for you. You know, I mean that's <laughs> well. You you definitely you know put it together and and through the years you've you've played a, played that game many times for not only yourself but you've been able to play it for others as well. And uh, I think you get as much joy out of that side of it playing it and making somebody else successful as I, you do yourself. I, I do. I love. I love calling for other people and setting up scenarios for other people, and I love answering questions. And I mean, I'm not by no means a good, a good turkey hunter, but if I can help somebody, if somebody just anything, you know, just take something out of just what I just said. Yeah. Pull that hunt stand app up, find that ridge, find that higher ground to get to him, stay up above him, try something different. You've been blowing that same old box call for the last ten years. Try something different, you know. I carry three slates with me, probably fifteen mouth calls. I got a trumpet call. I got a scratch box. You carry more calls than you do snacks when hey, you deer hunt. <laughs> everything likes a everything likes its own sounds, so. though. Well, and it's funny you play that game, and you've got different variables that play into it. But I guess to me, you know, it's it's never been a game I really enjoyed playing, and I, and I've been and and back in the day when I was younger, I went with Marvin Poole a lot, and. When I say a lot, I went with him several times because Marvin was kind of known as the turkey hunter. Him and Edwin Bishop, Tyler's dad, you know, they were the turkey hunters at that time. I didn't turkey hunt because we were trout fishing. That's just what we did. We didn't turkey hunt, you know, growing up. I didn't – I never had a desire to go turkey hunting. And I remember when I got older, I asked Marvin, I said, can I go turkey hunting with you? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And we went, set up on a turkey and – I'd never heard an owl who, you know, somebody do that. Scared me to death. I was over taking a leak, and Marvin did that. Scared me to death. I'm like, what are you doing? And then we heard one gobble, and he had an old wing bone call, and he played that wing bone. And, you know, like you're talking about, same thing as a trumpet. You're playing it the same exact way, but it's a mastery of itself to play that wing bone. And, and he, you know, played it well, and he did a very good job at it. And, uh, you know, Marvin's dead and gone now, and I'm fortunate enough to have one of his calls, but – it's amazing to me to see the the development of you know turkey hunters and the passion that the younger generation show in it. And I I do think it's it's a tell of the times so to speak because it can be a frustrating game to play. Very frustrating. And you're going to be unsuccessful way more than you're going to be successful whether it's competing against other people competing against the elements in it, you know it's hot, there's snakes, ticks, whatever, you know 
you can go down the list of variables that play against you to turkey hunt in this part of the country. But I also think that when you're successful, it gives you that drive to want to do it again because you've you've been oh, successful doing it. Yeah, like I said, I, I I would I'd love more than anything calling one up for somebody and seeing the emotion of someone else. But it ain't too bad getting out there by yourself every now and then. And well, I went <laughs> the other day. Together, you know? Yeah, and I went the other day and and walked in the woods by myself. It's the first time I've been in the woods by myself in, in a while. I mean, and, and I just took out and struck out a walk and, you know, and kind of did a walk about and looked at, looked at some ground I hadn't looked at in a while. Um, I was looking for some sheds, looking for some sign of deer. I'm not going to lie. Uh, found some turkey scratching, had a box call in my pocket and scratched on that box call and had one gobble. You know, I was like, Oh goodness, I got to get out of here. And I called you and you're like, shame on you for going in the woods with a box call without a gun. And I, I, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, I was just trying to figure out if there's any turkeys in the area and, course then cody and i went and tried to tried to get on them and we had one goblin and i think scenario wise we were we were a little late to the game you know as far as the day the time of day i think that turkey was headed back to roost and we just got him to gobble as he was headed there because we got him gobble twice and um i was gonna try to you know shoot him out of the blind with the blind up and gonna shoot him with my bow and i thought that was kind of cool to to try to do so um i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a neat transition to watch turkey hunting from from a viewpoint from to me turkey hunting's boring to talk about because i don't necessarily understand it mm-hmm. just like fishing would be boring to you you can't paint that picture like you can with a deer you know a deer hunting because there's too many variables to paint into it we can sit here and one that turkey story you just told in 20 minutes the other day I heard you tell it and it took you 40 minutes, you yeah. know, cause you painted a little more detail into it. Yeah. People don't, you know, when, when you say, well, that turkey was two ridges over, well, you know, what? Uh, what is two ridges over, you know, how many, how far how many is yards that? that? Yeah. yeah it you could be different. You know, it depends on where you're at. So to me, that's a long ways to get one to come. I mean, it, I'll, I'll say this, a turkey that far, if I have permission to hunt that ground, I'm not going to set up where I set up and call to that bird. I'm going to get as I'm going to get as close as possible to that bird as I can. You're playing so, a game different. So, for, so for that bird to come that far, you know, it is is remarkable. You know, I mean, especially this time of year. And the, I mean, it's still early season, but the pressure that they get in the area that I hunt, it's pretty good. Well, shout out to Kevin Dorsey as he. Uh, as I, he yeah, man, I call. told him, man, I told him if I if I don't, I don't believe if it was it. I, I want to share something here. I want you to kind of read over that real quick, Alex. Um, and I, I talked to Emily Rushton again today and for anybody that don't know i want to post this up on our social media you can do a turkey survey online every time you go in the woods and basically you just it put you put the hours in there what county you hunted i think it says what if you hunted public land how many turkeys you seen how many turkeys you heard how many hens you heard you can plug all that information in and it only helps the dnr get these numbers for our turkeys so we all know with the rule changes, and I hate to bring it up again, but we all know that we're we're facing an issue with gobblers, and we're going to face an issue next year. We're going to have we're going to have rule changes. Whatever whatever it is, I don't know, but this can only help. I don't see how this can hurt us and helping get these numbers out here. So I filled both of mine out today when Emily sent me this. So yeah, and it's quick. It's pretty you know basic. Looking over it, um, just a quick run over of it. Yeah. I mean, they ask for your name and email address. 
Uh, they ask if you participated in the turkey harvest card survey before. Um, your, your cooperator number, uh, if that's assigned to you. Um, the hunt date, the county, hours hunted, uh, if you were a hunter or a guide. Um, gobbler seen, hen seen, gobblers heard, gobblers killed, and any comments on the section there. And it's um, it, it's one of those powered by surveys that, that compile the data from everyone. And seeing this gives me a, a better hope that the DNR are taking into account what the, uh, what the hunters are doing because we've been beneficial enough to see it in other States, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the check-in program and it's just came to Georgia in recent history, but the check-in program has been something I know for a fact has been going on for the last 10 years in some of the Midwestern States that we've hunted where you call in and there's specific questions that they ask you as it pertains to your hunt, yeah. not just, did you kill a deer? How big was it? County, boom, done. No, they want to know how many bobcats you saw. They want to know how many feral hogs you saw, you know, and you have to go through those processes as cumbersome as it may be. You need to do that if you're a turkey hunter. And if you're not doing that, don't complain when the legislation comes out. You know, that's the thing I see it every single day on social media. We can be so much help to them because we're out there. And, And, you know, they only have so many officers or so many biologists going out there. There's a lot more hunters. So we got to change the mis the 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 misconception that the Department of Natural Resources and Game Wardens are out to hurt us. Right, you're right. That's a common misconception. I've believed it, you know, for I don't know how many years that they're just out here to walk around the woods and ruin our hunt. You know, and and I think that's an old school mentality that may have been the case when they didn't care. They were out writing tickets, you know, for whatever they could find wrong. Okay, that you were doing something wrong, whether you knew it or not. You got a ticket for it surveys and these links and whatever it may be that we're doing shows that we're doing with them. I know there's some other podcasts out there. There's other social media platforms that they're sharing this stuff on. Yep. You need to voice your opinion on these surveys more than anything else. Yeah. So let's, let's, we'll get that loaded up on the. Yep. Absolutely. We'll share that. To the, go over there. You can, you can just save it. What I did, I just saved that survey to my home screen. So each time I go hunting, I'll just pull that up and fill it in and, Help them out. If you don't want to give your location, you don't want to fill it out, hey, don't do it, but don't complain. Hear a lot of complaining by people, but they don't realize. Nobody wants to do nothing about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's the same thing. We don't want to get into We don't want to get into deep. But. Well, I mean, why not? You know, the, the simple fact of the matter is I'm tired of hearing people complain about things, and they get they sit on their lazy butt, and they want to be all, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. No, you, you can do it. You choose not to do That's it. That's right. And it's the same thing whether it goes for deer, turkey, fishing, whatever it may be. There's rules and regulations in place to keep you safe and to help the population. And if you don't follow them and you don't want to help out, when they drop the gobbler pop or the, the take by two or one turkey or whatever it is, and they change these rules and you sit on your hands and didn't do anything about it or didn't voice your opinion or didn't participate in surveys that help it out. That's what they use. They've said it. Uh, uh, Charlie said it, Emily said it, and I'm sure any future wildlife resource division officer or biologist or whatever it may be that we have on the show, they want the public's intake on it, but if you don't provide it, sorry. They're doing the same survey in several different states. I know they're doing it in Mississippi and Arkansas, um, I believe Kentucky. They're doing the same survey. So I heard a biologist yesterday on a fistful of dirt podcast with Cus Strickland talking about the same survey. So, yeah. And I think that, 
you'll continue to see surveys like this be more prevalent in in our society because the use of smartphones and whatever it may be everybody's got a smartphone and it's an easy link to do and if you got any questions about how to do it reach out to us i'm sure nick will be more than happy to help you out setting it up on your phone or whatever so so what's what's up what's next i mean you know what's 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 going on for the for the for the rest of the year for you for turkey i mean i know you got some my goal is to uh my nephew clayton he was on here on the rabbit breakfast he uh just turned 23 um man I, we've we've been up and down he's watched turkeys he's watched turkeys be taken in front of him we just haven't got him one so we are working on that for sure well and i know that that's my, that's that's my ultimate goal for the rest of the season you so, got yours on the ground i got mine out of the way except i got one out west hopefully with my name on it blaine's name on it and dad's name on it that's probably going to be one of the funnest things you've done and i hope it's i hope it's it's going to be a successful trip. Oh yeah, just Either to way. see it, regardless if you kill a bird or not. But yeah. I know it's exciting. It's it's fun to plan. You know, <laughs> I I love those planning those trips and you know getting the opportunity to go to a new place and try something that you've tried and true. It ain't that you got bored here. No, it's that you're excited for a new opportunity. That's right. You know, I've and, already I've already plugged this in on the calendar for uh, I think May 11th. For a podcast. So. Okay. Well, I plug myself in. I'm on the schedule. Okay. All right. So, I mean, and, and that's the thing, you know. So, uh, what else is going on with you? Anything exciting you want to share with anybody? That's it. I mean, I, I think we can wrap this up. And um, I think that just go over and follow our YouTube stuff, you know. Try to keep the videos. We're probably going to try to keep the videos under 15 minutes for the most part. So, go over and subscribe to it and follow. And then continue to keep listening to the podcast yeah and i and you know share Cody, some ideas if you got somebody in mind that might want to come on yeah if you got and if you want to come on you know yeah. it, we we can't listen i've had several people reach out to me about being on the podcast they've sent me messages and things like that and i promise you we read every single message that comes in and probably faster than you think um sometimes we may get to read it and we want to table the discussion around whether we uh whether we bring them on or not and we can't bring everybody on it's just not feasible to sure. do i mean we We've got lives outside of the podcast. Out, outside of podcast world, we've got lives we lead. And, you know, Cody, he wasn't able to be here with us tonight, and, and uh, he had a ball game with the kids. And, hey, we're not going to get in the way of anything to do with family time, and, and that's what I want to continue to do. So um, for everybody that doesn't know Cody Watson, he grew up right here in Canton hunting and fishing and everything just like well, the rest of us. Don't tell his story. I, well, we'll get his on that kill this weekend, hopefully. Is he going to kill one this weekend? He said he was. Well, he better get to resting up. I don't want to tell his story to you, but he said he was. That's what he said. Now, we got some rain coming in this weekend, so. It's going to be tough. Get in the fields. Well, like I said, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. We just wanted to do a quick episode here. and uh, Turned out to be a longer than we thought it was. Well, I mean, you get me and you jabbering <laughs> together. You can go on all night and talk about a lot of things. So, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to uh, thank you for tuning in for this episode. And, uh. Come back and be with us real soon. We got some exciting stuff coming up for the near future. And uh for for you know, for what it's worth, pay attention to the social media. Uh you'll see that survey before you'll actually hear it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh we got we got something really, really exciting coming up next week. Um it's going to drop. You won't hear it on this episode. It'll already be announced and it'll probably be getting close to being over with, but um we wanna we wanna you know, if you haven't already done so from seeing our social media, check out the KT team. Uh, I want you to go in and listen to that story and read into it. 
It's something that's very, very passionate to Nick and I for what we're going to be able to do uh, partnered up with them. Um, and, and you'll you'll understand why as we go into this and, and what we get uh, what we get out of it. There's there's nothing for us in it other than the reward for uh, for what you're going to hear in those videos and what you're going to see. And I'll leave it at that. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Y'all come back and be with us. Sit on the porch a while again. And remember, smile as you go. and Don't forget to mouth the memories.